Okay, so welcome back to the Purple Worm podcast, a podcast where four British guys are generally chewing the fat about RPGs. I'm joined as ever by Dave Aldridge, Colin Spike, Pete Green, and of course, Pete Jones. And in this episode, we're going to be talking a little about player advancements and rewards. So, Pete, do you want to kick us off with your thoughts on player advancements and rewards? The traditional method is XP method, much loved and much hated at the same time. Um, yeah, the, the trouble with XP uh, by level, the way it's written, is that you get some characters, some classes that take a long time to level up, can get left behind. And I don't know if it, it works. It works for an old school game for the old school vibe, but... Is it my preferred method? No. I don't want to think about it. Well, I mean, the, the XP system, obviously, it's sort of like a bit of a holdover from old D&D when we're talking about an XP and a level system. And as as Dave has rightly said in a couple of the previous episodes, uh, if you're taking a level system, you sort of have to take like the rough with yeah. the smooth and accept some of the artifice that sort of goes with and that system. I, I, suppo- I suppose with the, the original XP system, it was designed so it, it funneled the, the players into um, play style. So you, ha- you had to kill monsters and you had to, to steal treasure, otherwise you didn't level up. So that's what it was designed for. So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, a lot of um, a lot of games that are sort of OSR-style games or games that are based on D&D that have sort of come out in more recent years, even if they've stuck with the same system, a lot of them have attempted to sort of funnel you into different aspects of yeah. play by awarding XP for different things rather than just yeah. the standard treasure and monsters and i remember even sort of like early on seeing people on like blogs talking about well how about if you you only gain the xp for gold like when you spend it so that was to encourage you not to just pile up big stacks of gold to actually spend them on which i I can sort of see the point of i know there's um there's a game called like the nightmares beneath or something like that where you you can invest your gold in like organization so if you're like a cleric you could invest your gold in sort of growing the church in the local area and you get some benefits for that but again you only gain your xp there when you actually spend your gold on something meaningful so if you just get it all and like sit with it and sit on your, your throne of treasure chests full of gold you don't get the xp for that because it's just sat there you're not doing anything yeah I, I think if you're gonna have an xp system you've got to have a system that rewards players for the the tropes that you want to bring out in the game, uh, it's no point in having a, a monster trope if you're doing an investigation game. Cause... Yes. So, so I I've derided XP for killing monsters, XP for gold. I started gaming. Well, I started gaming in the eighties, but I was only playing fighting fantasy. I've talked about this before. But then I quickly got into games like World of Darkness, which define themselves against. OSR games. So they they said, you know, let's give XP for storytelling and XP for this. And it, it was never going to be XP for gold and killing monsters. Killing is nothing. It's always about advancing the story. And more and more, I kind of think XP for gold and XP for killing monsters, especially with the kind of casual drop-in, drop-out games I'm trying to run, is a really neat way <laughs> of, of, pulling, of pulling characters together, actually. You know, getting gold and killing monsters is a really neat way of 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 
of uniting the group, uniting the uniting the party. And also, yeah. if you want to put it in black and white, it immediately lets people know that, like, this is what the theme of the game is. So, certainly in your older D&D, where it's mainly about the sort of dungeon crawling and stuff like that, you know, you, you look at like, what you get XP for, and straight away you're like, right, this game is about exploring dungeons, yeah. grabbing the treasure in there, yep. killing the monsters that are guarding the treasure. It's all there in black and white. That's what I'm going to get better for yeah. doing. Yeah, and, and, and of course, as soon as you try and do something that's not that, you, you've then got to figure something out because mm. you haven't got that, that scaffold, that framework to kind of prop you up. So what I've, what I've been doing and I've been trying is because I'm... I've, I've got issues with the economy, the whole cash economy, coin economy in D&D anyway. So if if I really like lean on finding treasure and that, that that makes me that makes the problem a little bit worse because it, it, it speeds up the breakdown of the economy idea. In, in which case, Colin, you might be interested in looking at um, Kevin Crawford's recent game, The Wolves of God game. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Um yeah, I am totally interested in that, and having listened, I've listening. got the PDF for that, and I'm waiting for a hard copy. Well, what, 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 I, I listened to Conrad. A... I, I listened to Conrad uh, Kinch today on yeah. on his podcast oh, talking about rules of God. So, so um, how's Ke- how's Kevin done it then? Well, it's like an Anglo-Saxon economy, so it's barter system, oh, gifts, right. and then the obligation from accepting the gifts and things like that. Yeah, so, it's, so it's, it's based around like. Like Colin says, it's based around like bartering roles and you know, like owing favors to people and stuff like that, rather than you just turn up and you're like, I, I want a spear, here's 10 gold or whatever, thank you very much. On my yeah. way, I go. And of course, I don't need another system to do all that, but if I want to do that, then I can't really, it, it makes the whole treasure thing a little bit problematic. So, uh, so I might, I might tend to um, make trade goods something that you find yeah or mm-hmm. um other other tradable art artifacts things like that and much less in a way of actual coinage uh, yeah and, I, and as a general rule i prefer a silver economy to a yes, gold I do, yeah, yeah I, I mean yeah. obviously that's the default for lamentations which yeah. is one of the mm-hmm. things i like about it. It, it it makes it makes more sense because gold should be something rare not common shouldn't it yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and, and you do find it in tombs and that, admittedly, yeah. in D and D, it's not necessary. It's never really been said that you should use that in town, but you do. I was going to say one of the reasons I'm such a, a Kevin Crawford fanboy, even though I don't tend to run any of his games sort of 100 <laughs> percent as is, is because all of his stuff sort of broadly OSR slash D and D compatible, and he always puts a lot of. A lot of sort of idea generators and sort of toolkit style stuff in his games, mm-hmm. and because it's all broadly D and D compatible, it's like even if I don't run a Wolves of God game, if I wanted a game with a, a bartering style economy, it'd be very easy for me to just like copy mm-hmm. and paste that bit into whatever sort of like D and D game I was running. Yeah, I, I find with with XP games, if I'm running it my way, then I tend to do XP for an encounter. And then I'll have like maybe two or three variants. So if they if they get out of it with guile, I might sort of give them an extra hundred XP by using a bit of guile or do it a bit differently, um, as opposed to it's going to be this many XP for this monster, this many XP for finding the gold. I just tend to do it encounter based. Yeah, I mean, I do a I do a sort of similar thing. Like if I've if let's say I've built an encounter, and I don't know, let's say it's with like it's an encounter with like ten orcs or whatever. 
obviously, tr traditionally speaking, you'd probably only get the XP if you kill those 10 orcs until yeah. they're treasure or whatever. However, if the I tend to award the XP based on whether you've succeeded at the encounter. So if you if the goal of the encounter is just to get past those orcs, if you like cast a sleep spell on them and get past them, if you manage to like disguise yourself as orcs and like walk your way past mm -hmm. them or somehow charm them or whatever, I say yeah, you've succeeded in that encounter and you still get the XP even if you've yeah. not killed any of the orcs. What what do you think of the way they've done it in Fifth Ed that all classes get the same XP for leveling up as opposed to the old way doing it with thieves had one way, fighters had an, uh, another number. Well, the only the only the only reason you'd have different amounts of XP is is because the classes are unbalanced at each level. So, and I don't feel strongly about this, although Goblin's henchman would say otherwise because he's <laughs> he played that episode. Um, but you know, the, the the thing was in those in those other games, the XP the capricious XP amounts didn't even map to the exact ways in which the the classes oh, yeah. were unbalanced. Yeah. That's no. the point I was making. Yeah. But, no, that's but if the classes are unbalanced, then you do need different amounts of XP, and that's one of the ways that you sort out the balance. If ostensibly the classes are balanced, then you should have the same XP. But, you know, and people have complained about that, you know, that the, what they don't like is the way in third ed onwards that all the classes did have to be balanced mm. so that everybody had magic, blah, 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 yeah. not rehearsing all of those things. But I, I, so I'm kind of cool with that. If what you're getting at each level is broadly commensurable, then you should pay the same amount to get it. If it's yeah. wildly incommensurate, you should pay different amounts. That seems quite sensible to me. I I I I agree. I I think it's fine, but I, I think in in well in D and D now they've they they've just they've put that in there just because it's always sort of there's always been that experience chart and maybe it's to give a bit of structure and a bit of guidance I, so yeah. that they can show how they expect progression to work. But the the designers and the players of Five E, I I get the feeling beyond. Adventurers League. I don't think people are using yeah, right. XP. They don't do it. They might. You're right. They're milestoning it. Yeah. yeah I was going to say very quickly end up doing that. I it, agree. It's yeah. handy you've mentioned that, Dave. Because I was just about to say, what do people think about like milestone but, XP? But but that's because I've got some more to say about that. That's oh, because ahead. that's because people aren't playing OSR style games, right? So they're milestoning it because they're playing largely narrative arc. Mm. story games in which it doesn't make any sense to apportion xp to the size of the encounter or to the amount of the treasure because because the characters are motivated to get to the next bit in the story you know they want to they want to defeat mm. the big bad yeah they want to set up their domain now on the other hand if you were trying to do i've talked about this on my own show if you're trying to do a west march and you're trying to get people to go and explore your bloody world for the sake of it you know, XP for monsters, XP for gold is way more effective than milestone XP. If you just say you're going to you're going to level up eventually from turning up, then you know why wouldn't you just sit where you were? You mm. know, the 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 only the only reason it makes sense to say you'll level up eventually from turning up is if you've already got a story which is going to run and characters are already invested in it, whether they're going to level up or not. Whereas if you say you know turn up and explore my world for the sake of it. You know, actually, yeah. you do need to give, and, and that's that's actually been a recent discovery for me. Yeah, I remember that, you talking about that. Yeah, you know, and that, that's why I, th I think 
a lot of fifth ed players now they ain't playing like one used to play they ain't saying just go into the dungeons and kill the monsters and get the gold so milestone makes more sense because they're playing yeah. these big arcs mm. everyone's discovering who they are and sailing off to distant worlds to beat the big bad a milestone makes perfect sense in that but mm. if you've got people invested already milestone makes perfect sense but more and more i'm understanding not i'm not endorsing it necessarily but i'm understanding why those old games had those mechanisms that they did you know because it was just like there's a dungeon crack, <laughs> crack on yeah. with, there's a dungeon and then you go you're going to level up at the end of this session anyway well then yeah, I, I, I suppose the uh, because xp sort of was in the original dnd i think it'd be very tough for them to get rid of it altogether because i think mm -hmm. so many people identify as xp as part of dnd so there's so there's a few things to think about there's a few things to think about like what what would you why do you need xp and what would you do if you got rid right yeah. so here's here's a few things so one of the debates i don't understand is the debate about i give xp for role playing because role playing is really important to me i just i have to say i don't understand what game you're playing when role playing isn't important <laughs> so the idea of giving xp for role playing i just don't understand you know you, know, you could get 250 <laughs> i give 200 250 xp for for doing a funny skit where you talk to the yeah. guy in the shop i just and, and you're, you're for, making judgments doing. about someone's how they play exactly. and someone's problematic someone else someone's yeah. we're, we're all around the table to role play so it's a given that we're role playing so i never ever no. ever will give role playing reward mm. right so that's the first thing but i kind of think what would you if you're going to if you're going to do advancement otherwise, why are you doing advancement? Part of, part of why you're doing advancement because people like to be rewarded. So mm -hmm. advancement becomes a reward. And so then you're rewarding the kind of play you want. Mm -hmm. You know, the other kind of advancement is that people like to make options. They like to make decisions, you know, in which, in which case it doesn't, doesn't need to be linked to an XP system. You could just say every now and again, I'm going to give you a fun decision to make. Well, that's what I do. They'll get that fun decision. Yeah, exactly. They'll get that yeah. fun decision. That, that, that's basically what I do. It's tagged with a level, but it's like talk, talk with the players. They decide what they want to do. They set out some goals. And as they achieve what they're trying to do, I say, you've achieved what you're trying. I, I think it's time. We, we, yeah. We'll level up the characters and then then we'll carry yeah. on. You, but you, it's not you, you've reached. Uh, you know you've achieved something. You've, yeah. you've, it's not you've, even really. But it's not even really then a reward system, is it? It's actually a kind of it's a it's a, like a story. It's just part of the shared understanding. You know that yeah. over time you will get choices. I'll give you yeah. those choices over time. Um, you know because it's it's only going to be like one or two sessions. They're going to be. You know. You know. You wouldn't withheld withhold those choices from them for a whole campaign oh, on no. the grounds that they didn't advance their story do you know what i mean they're they, they're going to advance their story okay so we've uh, you're not going to say you you set out to do this you up every week for the last no, but, 10 weeks but so if, I won't if, reward you. if they if they sat around town and and, and didn't do anything and right. just farted right. about that they, I, I i wouldn't I, I couldn't justify saying no no you know it's yeah. got to be some sort of justification yeah. for it to go. Got, like so, recently the example is they did the they come to Port Nianzaru, they come to a new place, they they met a big dragon turtle, they negotiated with it, they went and done a dinosaur race, they familiarised themselves, they met with NPCs, they got the drop of the city right next level. That's it. That's first level done. And probably if I'd have XP'd it out, it probably would have been comparable 
then um, the next thing they did, they they found out about the jungle. They've been out in the jungle for nearly 20 days. They've, they've done death-defying climb up a 300-foot column, fought, fought with some really pretty nasty monsters that they were lucky to survive, and they've, they've done quite a bit, leveled up, you know, and that's nine nine sessions i think in total we've nine two hour sessions so you know maybe maybe four five sessions and their their second level and probably might level up to third soon yeah. so I've, I've given them i'm giving them levels because it it works with 5e but the experience point bit i haven't the thing i'm enjoying is and you'll have heard You'll have heard the to and fro. Lots of podcasts are talking about this, but you've heard the to and fro between me and Spencer about this. Is 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 games that don't use leveling at all as a motivation system. So character advancement in terms of increasing your power becomes irrelevant. You know, Bastion Land and Into the Odds are good examples of that. Mm. You don't increase your power. You transform. You change. You might get scars, which, if you're lucky, will give you a few more hit points. But the oddities, what they do is they change you. They might give you other abilities, or they might just change you. But the whole motivation for going into the dungeon is a negative, front-loaded motivation. You're in debt. You've got to pay it back. I love that. I think that's the single best thing that Bastion Landers just that one line just in the first page when you open up the book you get a page that says what bastion land is and one of the things is you have a massive debt you've got to pay it off you know games have done it star wars games tend to do it i've talked to people about that recently yeah, star wars games have. have tended to say you've got perfect traveler traveler had a little element of it but yeah. bastion just says right what coheres you as a group and what motivates you to go to? basically the, the length of the campaign in bastion is is the life of your debt. Mm. Once oh, that you paid was my next... debt, your campaign's finished. Oh, I, that I was my next it. question, yeah. Yeah. And it's never about get it's never about increasing the power of your characters. That will happen, maybe happen, if you're unlucky by scars, if you're lucky because you pick up some interesting oddities. But otherwise it's just you desperately trying to get cash to decrease your debt. That's what that's what drives you into the dungeon. And I love I, I love that. And it, of course games have done it we've been doing it for years but bastion just neatly just encapsulates it basically in that one line you have a massive debt <laughs> so so what <laughs> about the oddities the oddities are a bit like loot in icrpg yeah. in that respect yeah. Yeah. yeah but 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 what he's he actually in the electric bastion land he, he he splits the two things apart actually what drives you into the dungeon is items which are of value right and he actually says valuable items make them heavy and useless right so they're hard to get out but they're going to get you the cash and that's what's going to do your debt oddity are largely of low cash value but transformatively interesting so oddities are the things you'll find as you go but you're never told there's going to be oddities just pick them up as you go but the valuable items will give you no exp all they give you and they're a pain and you've got to get them but all they'll give you is cash, which will let you pay off your debt. Nice. I just think that's a, it's neat. It is neat. Okay, so one other way of advancing I'd like to talk about, and I've mainly seen this in um, Burning Wheel, is improving by doing or failing related tasks. So the way this works in Burning Wheel is you have like your skill list, and every time you make a roll on a skill you have like a little track next to each skill you put a tick Cthulhu. in it yeah Cthulhu does that doesn't exactly it? yeah you put a little tick in it when you get so many ticks that tracker resets and your skill goes up by one so 
the more you do stuff, the more you get better at it. So if you spend like 10 sessions like mm. sword fighting, you get better at sword fighting. But certainly when you start off in games like Burning Wheel, because you, you've got like stats that are, are fairly poor, you end up failing a lot of rolls. But by doing that, because you're still making those attempts, you, you slowly start getting better at certain yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. The D100 system, I can call it like a Cthulhu, you can only improve your stat that you've actually been using and that yeah. you've and you failed that because it shows you that you're using it and you are getting better. I like that. Yeah, I, I like it because it focuses on like what you're actually doing with yeah. the character. And presumably, if, if you're like, oh, like when I was playing Burning Wheel, I was playing like an elven ranger. So I was doing a lot of tracking, a lot of hunting, mm. a lot of like yeah. firing my bow. So that's the stuff I was getting good at. But as soon as we got to an area where I was like, oh, I've got to negotiate with this guy, and I'm like, oh, I've been been living in the wilderness on my own for yeah, like five yeah. years like barely speaking to another person mm. I, I am terrible at that but as the sessions went on and we were integrating more with like urban environments and i was making more of those roles i was failing a lot of them but i was mm. steadily starting to get better at it because i was starting to go like, oh right okay so i spoke to this guy like this and he responded badly all right let's try something else next time and it felt quite yeah. organic it's probably the most realistic advancement system because it's whatever you're doing yeah. And you're trying. You're getting better. At. You're getting better at, which is right. Right, but you do you do have the um, the two-edged sword, the Cthulhu two-edged sword. You know, don't forget whatever you reward, characters will players will try and do. So yeah. you do get yeah. that thing in Cthulhu. You do get it. Whatever Andy's games will suggest once they're edited, you do get that thing of players just trying to use skills in whatever situation yeah. so that they can fail, so that they can get a mark, so that mm. they can oh, yeah. roll. You do get that. I think as well, another potential disadvantage to this style of doing it, as much as I like it, is that there is extra bookkeeping involved. Certainly yeah. like Burning Wheel, you've got to keep track of your tally marks for each of mm. your for each of your like skills you've got to either remember to note them down afterwards and it's very easy when you're in the middle of a game and like everything's going and the pace is quite good to forget and you get to the end and you're like oh shit how many like how many bow yeah. use rolls did i make during that game you mm -hmm. have to like, try and write them down so mm. there is a bit of i think one of the trade-offs is that sort of extra level of bookkeeping whereas obviously it's easier if the gm's like all right you've earned amount of xp you write it down in your character sheet happy days rather than having to like, track all the skills but yeah you get it a bit in dungeon world as well yeah, yeah. don't you yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a it's a it's a mix in dungeon world that i quite like so you, you have goals and things you're trying to do and then you sort of between you discuss whether you think you've achieved mm. some of that stuff which is maybe where i i've sort of got some of my ideas for how i'd like my mm. D, D game to run it's yeah. that kind of goal driven yeah, there's a nice um, there's a nice clarification of that in um, Scum and Villainy, where at the bottom of your playbook, depending on what your playbook is, it'll have like a number of questions. And at the end of the session, you with the GM and the other players, you go, "Oh, have I done this? Have I done this?" Mm. If you've done it once, you get like one little tally mark on your yeah. advancement tracker. If you've done yeah. it multiple times, you get two. And when your tracker gets to the end, you get like an extra ability, or you can increase one of your attributes. Perilous yeah. Wilds. Perilous Wilds did yeah. it a bit more, like the version two Perilous Wilds. Perilous Wilds. Yeah. And, and um, I also like the fact that you learn from your mistakes. So when you fail, you get experience f for messing something up, mm -hmm. and, which is true, isn't it? You, you learn much more when you when you balls up than when you do stuff right normally. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's I think it's in 
dungeon world and apocalypse world they've got that particular language haven't they when you roll a certain thing it's mark xp and yeah mm -hmm. i really it, like that it, in XP sort of and in like default crazy. dungeon world like yeah. the, the 2d6 version it's basically mm. if you make a roll if you get 10 plus you've succeeded if you get seven to nine success with consequence if it's six or less like something's gone wrong or complications have occurred and you get to mark an xp yeah, yeah. so mark it. So I, I think I think it's a nice sort of soother as well. Because I think if you if you've had like a bad run of luck and you've like mm. cacked out with all your rolls during the game, at least you can go. Well, do you know what? At least I've probably like advanced yeah. a little bit, yeah. rather than yeah. just being like, oh, I just I had a crap session. Yeah, and if you've got a useless character, at least you know they're going to get better, don't you? Yeah, and and, and you almost try things. You, you know, you can you can almost try a fail to bring mm. something on, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I just like mm. that the rewarding the failure. Thing. So, 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 what do you guys think about the the session based XP? Because I know Savage Worlds and Shadow of the Demon Lord do it. Like every well, Shadow of the Demon Lord, every session you level up, and then Savage Worlds, it's every other session. Well, that is is that how Savage Worlds works in the new? Well, it, it, it didn't it's, used to work that way. We used to award XP. Yeah, it was either, three, it was two 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 to three, but um, most people ran it that yeah, it's two one session, three for the other session. So most people did it. That I played with was every other session you level up and that was the easy way of doing it. I, mean, I, I think that's fine if if players are playing with an expectation that they're going to mm. get a little Philip every session or every other session, and, then, then why yeah. not give it to them? And, I, uh, I really am enjoying at the moment those games which just say, well, why not just you know have players play for other reasons? Because yeah. Shadow of the Demon Lord, the, the campaign was eleven sessions precisely, so. Every session you leveled up, and at the end of eleven sessions, that was it. The, the campaign finished, so that it made sense. I think that's to, quite neat. Yeah, because yeah. I think what they realise is most people don't actually ever finish a campaign because it, it sort of fizzles out after so many sessions. But because... that that doesn't even have to be system specific. You can do no. that with anything. Yeah, yeah. you could True. do like a you could do you could do OSE and do a fourteen level game in OSE yeah. where yeah. every session you did a different level, you got a different little taster of the monsters at yeah. that level. It'd be great fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's just this sort of like, you know, if you if you've been playing RPGs for a long time, there's sort of an ingrained guilt out of somehow that you're mm. you're cheating, or there should be this you should have to work for it. You know, people would flip out if you said let's roll up twenty, you know, level twenty characters. Oh mm. man, you're not a proper role player. You, you know, I don't know. these days, <laughs> I, you know, I, in our time of life, turning up to fourteen sessions is enough work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. It's a lot of hours. Nice. I think I think it'd be quite nice to do like fourteen sessions and go from level one to fourteen because most of, most of the games I played, I think once you get to about seventh on seventh to ninth level, that was it. Sort of yeah, we've had enough of this. Let's move on. I've got to admit, I'm I'm quite like because I want to run some OSC in the future. I'm quite liking the idea of running an OSC campaign, like leveling up after each session. Mm. Well, I, I I mentioned this on the audio dungeon, um, and. Because I I done an episode it was at ten by ten by ten and I spoke I spoke to Dave about this. We've talked, yeah, lots, and it yeah was, it's your idea. Yeah. It, it was it was ten levels in ten years. What was the other ten? Ten levels, ten years. Maybe ten levels of a dungeon. Like ten is that what it is? Yeah, it was no, it yeah. was it was something else. In ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, ten sessions. Ten it sessions. was ten sessions. Yeah. So it was ten yeah. sessions. Each is a year. Each is a level. Boom, like that. And I had some good call-ins. And of course, somebody said, "Oh, Shadow of the Demon Lord does yeah. a, a similar yeah, ten does, yeah, thing." Yeah. And and Ray Otis had a good one, and he said, 
you could run the session and then just do a bit people narrate what happened mm. in between what were you doing for the last year yeah, and yeah. The blah 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 mm. and you don't have to he was saying you wouldn't have to run whole adventures you just play a couple of encounters in one specific dungeon like a like a scene out of a film and then you you flick yeah. forward to next year because i because i wouldn't worry about the years yeah i'd 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 meter it I'd say like you had ten floors, you know the old idea. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, and I think like, ten floors, ten levels, ten sessions. Yeah, because yeah. I I did uh, run Shadow of the Demon Lord, and I liked the way it leveled up each after each session. the The only downside for me was that because each uh, level up was quite a, a bit of an ability increase or feat increase, that players after about six sessions were forgetting what feats they had and. As GM is uh, yeah, reminding them, we'll have a look at your sheet. Is there anything on there that can help you? It was just too many. It, it could do with being more basic. So yeah, it would yeah. work better with, for yeah. example, we've talked about it, it worked better with the Black Hack. It would yeah. work better with a more basic game. The Demon oh, yeah. Lord is not quite as minimal no, as, no. as, and as I, the I, other. I've heard that as well. And I'd, I remember why, why I went, what I was trying to do with the 10 years, it was because that's where I came in because I was playing fifth edition and i've got the um uh the middle earth version oh yeah and and the adventures are stretched out across seasons in that mm. you probably only do yeah, one yeah. adventure yeah. one adventure in a year mm. and i like the idea that the characters would age and things would happen mm. in the world and there would be a passing of time so yeah you know it might even be more interesting if each level was 10 years and people died and they had sons and you covered a yeah. hundred years yeah. or you know maybe i'll tell, tell you what i quite fancy uh, i quite because you know i'm a big fan of like the random tables i quite fancy the idea of like you run your adventure then you maybe have like a table as to like what's happened to you during the the downtime and i don't know maybe you roll like a d20 and add the level on so like as you sort of get higher in level you'll tend to get like higher results on the mm. table so you'll have like almost like an advancement in downtime just by the numbers sort of going up on the table. Yep. But but you could also explore a different kind of narrative. So I like martial arts films, right? And it's yeah. a trope of martial arts cinema that the characters' abilities are revealed as the film goes on, yeah. even if they had them all the way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They, yeah. it's, it's kind of a trope that they dig deeper into themselves as the film goes on. Mm. And they reveal abilities which they must have possessed all the all the way along, but they weren't they weren't pushed to discover. So you so that you could do ten levels, and they could be consecutive levels, and it could happen over ten days. But what's happening is they're going down deep. They are required to draw on reserves in themselves which they weren't required to draw on. So they could discover powers which mm. they didn't have at the previous level. I mean, I, I just I just take that as a martial arts trope mm. that. You know, it's only mm. in the last half an hour that you realise, oh, no, that now they can do blind fights. They never do oh, blind yeah. fights before or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, or, the... and even you can justify it with a flashback. You justify yeah. it with a flashback. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Bloodsport, that's the classic one. Oh, God, now he can blind fight. Great. Yeah. The, interesting, um, the interesting thing about that, Dave, is it that touches on something else that I was thinking about at the same time, was magic items that you, rather than you're constantly trading in this one, getting another one, your your gear or you or maybe people that you know you you delve into all of that more and stuff is revealed so that sword that your dad gave you or whatever legendary artifact as you as you do more you dig deeper and you learn more and that that single artifact stays with you but, but changes yeah 
I've always enjoyed that, the idea of the legacy item. Yes. Yeah, so didn't, didn't, didn't they do a... Did yeah. they do a book for that in like 3.5 where it was like legacy items? There were, or something? there were. I remember. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if it was part of another book, but I definitely remember the legacy items. Yeah, because I remember seeing that and thinking that was a cool idea. Yeah, the most that, I, absolutely, absolutely. The most boring in Middle Earth. In the Middle Earth one. The most boring magic items are the plus one sword or plus two bow. I think. Oh, that's boring. Give yeah, me, you know, have it glow one. in the dark when there's undead around, or you know. Yeah, yeah, and you want them to, you want them to get stroppier as they become more powerful. You know, mm-hmm, you want yeah. them to own you a bit. And and the best game for that is um, Ron Edwards's Sorcerer. You know, oh, where yeah. the, you know all your powers come from demons, mm. and the more powerful demons have more power over you because they know it. Yeah. They know what they're giving mm. you, and that's brilliant. And you can do that with. I mean, that was the idea of the. Um, uh, the sorcerer and sword supplement, the sword and sorcery supplement, was that your demons are all those classic things like the magic weapons and stuff like that, and they know they own you. Yeah. You know, well, the more they give you, the well, more I remember they, they I, I ran like you. a I ran like a short sort of Ash campaign, second edition, and one of the players came across like a sort of like a fairly necromantic sort of like bone sword looking like dealer, and every time it was swung, it did like the skeletal laugh out of He-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, even when they got like later on and he had like better items, like, every time they got into combat, it was like, right, I'm get, getting this bone sword out. That's at one point I was like, well, why do you keep using that? You've got like far better items. And he was like, yeah, but that's the coolest item I've got because yeah. it does that laugh every time I like swing it. Yeah, that's that's something that's something I've been thinking about. Recently. I've been thinking about lots of things. I've been reading Electric, electric Bassian Land, and that, and that has got the most non granular combat system you can imagine i mean basically you've got a d6 weapon or a d8 weapon and the d6 weapon can be crude or not crude and then the d8 weapon can be bulky or noble and that's it it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's a d6 or a d8 Mm -hmm. and then it's either a bit clumsy or it's not and i've and and i actually i've been kind of thinking you know all of those rules you've got in games all of those rules characters like to have or players like to have the cool weapon, you know. I've got I've got a katana because I'm nimble and I wave a katana. And actually, you don't give a shit what damage that does, what proficiency that does. If you need a proficiency, you pick the class that gives you the proficiency. You just want to wave a katana. <laughs> I actually think I kind of think maybe that's all you need. Some some D6 of the six and D eight, and then this, some of the mundane items in there are good as well, aren't they? A katana. I just love the the mundane items he's gotten into the old in Electric Bastion Land. You know, just like you've got a kite, doesn't tell you what you can do with it. Just that's something you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but also, you know, what I mean, in, in, in games that spend all that time telling you what what dice you'll get with weapons, and then mm. what three what three words it will give you in the track, and basically, characters are just thinking about that silhouette. Sorry, players are just thinking about that silhouette of their character as they walk out of the burning building where they've just killed the demon. They're just thinking about how cool that weapon looks yeah. when they walk out, and actually, that's. That's way more important than whether it's a D8 or a D10. And I just kind of think more, more and more. You know, that's that's all it's about. You know, just give give players the opportunity to say, "Well, I've got, I've got a double-ended flail that, was... that lets me trip people up and pull mm-hmm. them." You know, it's fine, but it's a D8. Well, and we all know, we all know about John <laughs> with his table, with his D6 table leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a night there was a night um. I had in something, and I can't think what it was now, but I explained to the DM how it all worked. And I remember him kept saying, yeah, but it, it, it won't do any more. You know it won't do any more damage. Yeah. He said, I said, no, no that's all right. He said, what, what? He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. But, I just but it'll be it awesome. It was, 
yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's awesome. my thing. Yeah. This is what my character yeah. has. It was like my, yeah. it was my old man's, you know, whatever, whatever else. And I, that's that's totally what you're saying, Dave. I just wanted it for the effect. But yeah. I know, I noticed in in the D and D book recently, I was reading. There's this cloak you can get, and it just constantly like dramatically flaps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, sign me up for one of them. It's a, like a, a billow, what, a billowing cloak. You know, it just kind of billows dramatically behind you. Don't matter where you are, what the wind is, or anything else, it just constantly billows, and 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 that's all it does. You know, it looks cool and it billows and makes you look like a badass. And who don't want who that's don't what, want one of them, yeah. man? That's what you want. You know, if yeah. your characters so, like that, so electric bas- not always. Electric Bastionland's got a page on the in the appendix about noble weapons, right? Any other game you're playing, right? You get to that page and you you think, right, that's going to give me, that's going to tell me all the special plus ones I can get in particular situations, right? And on this page, he just goes, right. So you already know noble weapons are where you get a D8 without it being bulky, right? Because the weapon is cool enough to give you a D8 damage without being used with two hands, right? So then he just gives you like I can't remember what it is a D d12 or a d20 table of just all the reasons why the weapon is that cool mm. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of narrative descriptions of your weapon such that it justifies it getting a d8 without being bulky so he doesn't give you he doesn't give you any more mechanics nothing it's just a whole page on justifying why your weapon is that cool that it deserves a d8 without being bulky and i love that it's just like that's what we should be doing the time you you wield a weapon because it's really cool yeah, you know not because it. not mostly because it gives you an extra plus one rather than just being a decent it's just because it's how you see your character being cool icrpg does a nice thing with tags for weapons as well it'll you yeah. give a weapon a tag but it, it doesn't define what the tag is and that's for you and the player to decide yeah. what that means so i, I think yeah. that's quite a nice way of doing it as well so yeah, like the, 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 the player can make that weapon his own can he yeah yeah, yeah. Do, do you think um in Bastion Land, do you think he's having a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek pop there with 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 the way he's done that? So, so I've I've alluded to my 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 issues with Bastion Land. It's it's super clever. He's got some super clever things. Um, the way he um, conflates down a whole bunch of things that you would normally do on a whole bunch of different roles to a very few roles is really really clever. But but I am repulsed by. Um, the level of tongue-in-cheek humour, mm. which is throughout the book. I mean, I, I like, yeah. I love my games are humour games. Yeah, I, I play for laughs. Yeah, but mm. I want the humour to come from what the players bring and what emerges around the table. Yeah. And he said the book is just shot through with jokes. I mean, you look at some of the some of the things you roll up in the failed careers. It's like you know you'll get. I accept that this this character who's rolled up high hit points and high attributes shouldn't be given great kit but then you roll and they've got like anchovy chewing gum and i just kind of think anchovy chewing gum that's someone else's joke yeah that's not my joke yeah, yeah? I know what you mean. that's yeah. not that's oh, not yeah. our joke you've just said chewing gum is a big thing in bastion land and if you're if your character rolls well and they're actually then they'll be rewarded by getting a shit piece of equipment which is anchovy chewing gum and i just mm-hmm. kind of think well yeah that was a funny joke when you thought of it but, but sometimes we go around my table. Some of them, th- sorry, Dave. Some of them things I, th- I think are maybe like a, a little bit of pop at the D and D equipment list. You know, is that anchovy chewing gum the wolf's bane of the game where there's no werewolves and stuff? Maybe, 
maybe. But also, he he undermines his own concept by having a six-page or four-page equipment. I mean, the whole game can be summed up in his two pages that he beautifully does. But then he yeah. still gives you a four-page equipment list, which is but. I don't know. I, I don't like the setting. I don't like the implied world. I, I've got to admit, the, the humour of it doesn't. I, I, I do agree with Dave. I tend not to go for games that are specifically set up to be sort of comic or sort of comedy based games. Whereas anyone who's gaming, you know, if anything sort of naturally funny happens in the game or it arises organically out of the session, I am more than happy with that. But I like it to be stuff that comes out of the game naturally rather than someone trying to sort of force the humor yeah i think to, in fairness, he's going for yeah in fairness to him he he does always say that he's written the game that he wanted to play and yeah probably no, like, he's I, put I his jokes in it as, as well he's, no? he's going for three different rosettes right he's going for the rosette of tightest most beautiful rule system I'll give it to him. He can have that rosette. He's going for the rosette of like really tasty GM advice. I'll give him that rosette. And he's also going for the rosette of quirky setting, which nobody else has done. And I just won't give him that rosette because it just grates on it. Grates. He can only have two out of three possible rosettes. That's that's mine. But that seems all right. That's, that's not bad. For that's not bad from you, Dave. Um, I mean, you know, but he doesn't get them all. I, I, uh, I must admit, I, I quite like the way that he's done the setting in that it's a city near you, so you can put your own flavour on it. And I think everybody's been to a city. Ah, oh, yeah. So I like the way he's done it. I just don't like what it is. Right. I, I'm with you. I like I like the way he's designed it, but I don't like anchovy chewing gum or any number of another of the it's other nice. things that are actually on the tables. Anchovy things that are on the nice. tables, I'm just like, no, nah, it's not that funny. <laughs> okay, so I think we're probably going to wrap up this episode very shortly because time's getting on. So before we wrap up, does anyone have any last thoughts on player advancements or rewards? I would just I would just say do what do what you enjoy at your table if you want to. I'll just session. say it's all irrelevant because you're going to die. <laughs> Probably in your game, Dave. Yeah, yeah, in, in Dave's game. Yeah. Oh, you could easily die in five E as well. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. don't take six rolls. Don't take six rolls. Two it, rolls, it, man. It, doesn't, Two bad doesn't rolls. It, don't take that if I'm running it, Colin. No, well, even with the, even with the three death saves, <laughs> even with three death saves, you fail one, and then if you drop a fumble. That's uh, you. Yeah. You're done. Uh, yeah. Or massive damage, or falling off a 300-foot firefinger thing yep. in Jungles of Chalk. That'll kill you every time. Okay, and I think on that bombshell, we're going to wrap up this episode for the evening. So thanks to Pete, Dave, and Colin. We hope you've all enjoyed this episode. And we'll be back soon where we're probably going to be talking about ghosts and spooky things a little bit more and maybe a bit more lore and legends. Or we might maybe even, a Riddling Reaver. Maybe a bit of Riddling Reaver. Might even slip in a few more cheeky actual plays. We'll have to see how things or a, go. Or a Wolves of God review. We'll go. We'll go. We'll, if we'll somebody send, we'll go, sends us we'll all a PDF, that'd be wicked. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can drop us a voicemail message using the Anchor app, or you can send us an email. Our address is purplewormpodcast at gmail.com we hope you've enjoyed this episode we really enjoy answering the questions the queries and the communications we get from you until we see you next time take care stay safe and keep gaming
Thank you.